This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hi, y'all, and welcome to Horsin' Around. Saddle up and get ready to have a darn tootin', gallopin' good time as we trot out the show that's your ultimate horse source, of course. Find out how to use good old horse sense when it comes to breeding, feeding, training, and explaining. From practical tips on caring for your horse's health to advice on how to buy horse supplies, including bridles, halters, saddles, and more. So get ready to start horsing around with your host, horse expert and award-winning rider, Audrey Pavia. Howdy, Audrey. Welcome to Horsing Around on PetLifeRadio.com. Thanks for joining us. This week, we're going to talk to an ordinary horse owner who had a dream to take her horse to her breed's world show. After years of working toward her goal, her dream came true last year. That horse owner is Stephanie Vrabel from Upland, California. Stephanie and her Appaloosa gelding, Wyakin 2, also known as Flash, qualified for the World Championship Appaloosa Show held in Oklahoma City and competed in several classes. Getting to the world show is no small feat, yet Stephanie accomplished this goal without having a big bank account, a full-time trainer, or even a horse trailer of her own. We'll talk to Stephanie about how she managed to take her one and only horse all the way to the upper levels on a shoestring budget. The message here is that if she can do it, you can too. We'll be right back with Stephanie after these messages. Why the long face? I reckon horsing around will be back in the saddle right after we round up a few words from our sponsor. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com We know you're chomping at the bit to hear more horsing around. Well, we're back on the trail. So park yourself over yonder and set a spell. You ain't heard nothing yet. Welcome back to Horsing Around. I'm your host, Audrey Pavia, and we are here with Stephanie Vrabel of Upland, California, owner of Wyakin 2, an Appaloosa gelding who competed in the Appaloosa World Championship show last year. Welcome to the show, Stephanie. Hi. Hi. Tell us first about your horse, Wyakin 2, known to his friends as Flash. Well, it's he was kind of a fluke. Um, I was an owner of an Appaloosa gelding years ago. I um, was given an, an appy as a, a gift from a friend. And I owned him for 15 years, and he was such a good horse that I swore that uh, when I got my next horse, it would be another Appaloosa. Well... As Apollo aged and was on his last legs, a girlfriend of mine said to me, well, you know, he's not going to live forever, and you're going to probably have to get yourself another Appaloosa. Here, I have a friend of mine who has an Appaloosa up in Montana. Let's take a look at him online. So sure enough, um, we went online and took a look at this um, Appaloosa online, and I had always wanted a tricolored leopard Appaloosa. And when I saw him on the Internet, I went, oh, my gosh, look at him. He's so flashy. 
And that's how he got his bar name, a flash. And sure mm-hmm. enough, I fell in love with him. And sight unseen, I had him shipped down from Montana. And how old was he at the time? I purchased him when he was 11 months old. So other than his breeder, I have been his only mom. Mm-hmm. He is now he is now eight years old. Okay, so you've had him pretty much his whole life. Yes, yes. Yeah. Now, when did you first get the idea to take him to the World Show to make that your goal? Well, um, probably after two years, oh, maybe three years of competing with him on the local level. My, um, my, I set my sights. I first set my sights on going to the nationals, which was in Oklahoma City, and we made that the. I believe it was the second year of of showing him, and then after that, I decided that my next goal was going to be qualifying because you have to qualify for the Appaloosa World. You don't have to qualify for the nationals. You can just go if you have the money, but the world is different. You have to actually qualify. So my goal last year was to qualify in the Appaloosa Worlds and be able to go and participate. And I, I met that goal and I did it. And what uh, classes do you show him in? I show him, which is my favorite class, is showmanship. He is also, um, I also enjoy showing him in color because he is such a flashy, colorful horse. He does very, very well in color classes. I show him in um, gelding confirmation classes. I show him in hunter and hand classes. And our newest um, class that we have been participating in this last couple of years is Heritage, which is a costume class, Native American Indian costume, and the horse is outfitted in a costume as well. So what was your plan of action once you realized that you wanted to get to the world show level? Well, my first plan of action was, of course, having him in with my trainer and, and um, being trained full-time. Of course, he's, he's been in training um, ever since I've purchased and owned him. But um, to get myself set for the world, I knew that I had to um, participate and qualify and get my um, national level points. So I decided that, you know, I my goal was to make it in showmanship. That's what I wanted to show in, and so I showed all year long to get my points needed for non-pro showmanship to go to the world. And for people who may not know exactly what the showmanship class is, uh, explain that. Showmanship is a pattern on the ground. It's, it's various types of patterns, let's say, for example, from cone A to cone B, and, and you are all dressed um, and you are standing next to your horse performing all these maneuvers. So from cone A to cone B, trot. So you immediately trot off from cone A. When you get to cone B, stop. Um, and maybe they want you to do a 360-degree pivot. So you step out and you do a 360-degree pivot with your horse. Now, mind you, the horse's right hind foot stays planted. He never moves that right hind foot the whole time you're doing that 360-degree pivot. You come back to cone C, and then maybe they'll say, back your horse five steps, do a 90-degree turn, walk to the judge and set up. And then you do your quarters, and your judge inspects your horse and looks at you, and you get all finished, and the judge excuses you, and you might have to do something else like back your horse again another five steps, do a 360-degree turn, back him again, 90-degree, and walk out of the arena. It's all pattern classes to see how you, your horse, 
listens to you when you're on the ground giving him cues. And they're all silent cues. You don't you don't tell him to back. It's all in your body's movement. And how do they judge you? Like, what is the judging criteria? Well, the judging criteria is, first of all, how neatly you're presented and how you look um, in contrast with your horse. Your horse has to be neatly manicured and, you know, he has to be cleaned and groomed and, you know, you shave all the, the excess hairs and whiskers and clean his ears up and band his mane and... Once again, you look really nice in your showmanship outfit. And what the judges are looking for is the precision of the movements. When you start to trot off, does your horse trot off right away, or does he take maybe one or two walking steps first and then decides to trot off? When you stop, does your horse stop right away, or does he stop and then maybe take another walk forward? When you ask him to pivot... Things like that. That's what the judges are looking for. Very crisp, precise maneuvers. And whoever right. does it the best apparently wins. And you mentioned that, you know, he's been in training pretty much his whole life. But I know that um, there were some times in your life where it was harder for you to have him in training. You're not, not a rich person. You're a working person, and he's your only horse. And um, how did you get to the point where you could be at the world show without having, you know, a lot of money and a trainer, you know, at your beck and call at all times? Well, a, a lot of it was when I when I did have my trainer, I knew what the trainer was doing to keep him in shape. And so the years, the, the couple of years that I did take him off of training because of money and affordability, I remembered what my trainer did with him, and I was trying to get out to do that at least with him three or four times a week, it, you know, the best thing would be I got out there every day and work with him, but when you're a working person, it's kind of hard to do that when you don't have your horse in your own backyard. So mm-hmm. I was out there lunging him. I was out there backing him around the arena. I was out there doing my showmanship patterns with him, keeping him mm-hmm. crisp and on top of his game. How did that work as far as the trainer's um, expertise versus your own. I, I mean, we all hire trainers because we think that they know more than we do. Did, did it seem to interfere at all, or, or did you feel like you were able to really accomplish the well, same I, thing a trainer would have? No, I, I was not nearly as good as a trainer would be, obviously. Um, but I did the best that I could. And um, it, was, it was difficult competing against people out there in the arena who had full-time trainers when I didn't at that point in time, um, I did the best that I could. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it was a little bit difficult, but, um, you know, I wasn't the worst, but I wasn't the best either. And it's all dedication, too. You know, I was getting out there and working with him um, quite a bit. So you had to, where you lacked in money, you had to make up for in time, it sounds like. Correct. Exactly. Yeah. Right. What are some of the other accomplishments that he had achieved before you got to the point where he went to the World Show? As you had done quite a bit with him before that. Yes, I have. I've done done quite a lot with him. Um, he and I qualified for the um, national shows in Oklahoma City. Well, actually, I shouldn't say qualified because you don't qualify for the nationals. We went to the nationals in 2003, and he has also been... Um, Circuit year-end champion in Calizona, um, 2006-2007 in non-pro showmanship. The year-end high point winner 
the year in High Point winner, my Calizone Appaloosa Horse Club for non-pro color. He's also been a non-pro uh, 2006 Pacific Coast Appaloosa promoter, High Point champion in uh, non-pro, and then a novice non-pro for 2006 in PCAP um, Pacific Coast Appaloosa promoters as well, along with several other class High Point awards. He's He's got a lot of um, accomplishments through his years, and I wish that I had kept track of them a little bit better. <laughs> well, you also have help from people, I'm assuming, because I know you don't have a horse trailer, and to go to all these shows and accomplish all this stuff, you had to have some help. Is I'm assuming that's correct. 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 And yeah. one of the one of the the greatest things is becoming an Appaloosa owner and becoming a part of the quote unquote Appaloosa family is that I have made absolutely wonderful friends through them. And all I have to do when I get ready to show my horse, um, when I didn't have a trainer and didn't have a, a, a trailer, all I would do is put out a broadcast to all the people that I do show Appaloosas with and say, Hey, we've got our show coming up this Sunday in Vista. Um, I need a ride out. Is anybody going to be coming past um, where I keep Flash? And would you be willing to come and pick me up and take me to the show and take me home? Nine times out of ten, I get three or four people responding. It's a, right. The Appaloosa people are, they are the best group of people and the best group of friends I have ever met. Yeah, and you know, in some um, breeds and disciplines, you, you may not see that because people are competitive and think, well, why should I help this person get to the show when they might, you know... Uh, take a ribbon away from me so um it sounds like it's a pretty exceptional group of people it is it's a very exceptional group of people and it's it's i'm proud to be associated with them yeah and you're involved with a couple of the uh, local clubs as well right you're an officer yes yes i am as a matter of fact i am a i am i'm an officer uh, a board member of the spotted valley appaloosa horse club and i am a board member of the calizona Appaloosa Horse Club. And for Calizona, what I do is not only am I a board member, but I am a points keeper and the membership coordinator. A lot of people think that, you know, when they, they see people that are involved, really involved with the breed, that they're breeders or they're trainers or they have a lot of horses. You just have Flash. Just you I and Flash. One. Just one Absolutely. and you... You board them, you don't have your own farm or anything, and you, you know, you get involved and do have accomplished all this stuff, just you and him, and that, I think that's what's most amazing about it, about your story. So we're going to take a break, and when we come back, I'm going to talk to Stephanie about what it's like to be at the World Show when you're just a regular guy like her and Flash are, and uh, get some advice from her for people who want to go to the next level and don't have a lot of resources, so... We'll be right back. Why the long face? I reckon horsing around will be back in the saddle right after we round up a few words from our sponsor. Molly, here's your dinner. (coughs) Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. 
There is a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're chomping at the bit to hear more horsing around. Well, we're back on the trail. So park yourself over yonder and set a spell. You ain't heard nothing yet. Hi, welcome back to Horsing Around. I'm your host, Audrey Pavia, and we are here with Stephanie Vrabel of Upland, California, owner of Wyken 2 and Appaloosa Gelding, who competed in the Appaloosa World Championship show last year. Stephanie, tell us what it was like being a, a regular, ordinary horse owner taking your horse to the world show for the first time. Okay, now, what everybody does need to, to realize, though, is that I have had him in training now for the past three years, so I did go with a trainer and a group from my barn. This isn't something that I ventured out and did on my own. So I've mm-hmm. been with a trainer now for the past several years, Darren and Tony Vincent, and it's Winning Ways Ranch out in Riverside, California, and they have about 26 Appaloosas at their uh, ranch out in Riverside, and she is an Appaloosa trainer. So I was able to qualify and go to the Worlds, um, which made it, with my whole barn, which made it a whole lot easier for me financially because in the work that I do, I was able to help and get sponsors. I had my company sponsor my plane ticket. I had another one of the companies that I work for sponsor Flash's stall for the week. I had another company sponsor my classes and when I got there I shared a room with somebody so I wasn't footing the whole bill all myself and that's that's a, a, a really smart way for people to look at, at trying to do this if they don't have a lot of money to spend my trainer took three trailerfuls of horses so I was able to split travel expenses with a whole lot of people as opposed to just maybe one or two horses going all the way out to Texas and coming back and, of course, this year, the price is going to be even more with the price of gas. So I'm going to have to work even twice as hard to try to get, you know, more sponsors to help me with my financing to get to the world this year. Tell me about the sponsors. How did you go about uh, getting people to sponsor your ticket and flash a stall? Well, um, in my line of work, I deal with people on a daily basis and I just get an opportunity to chit-chat with them when I'm working with them. And mm-hmm. I have several of my customers who are very much into horses, and when they found out that I had qualified to go to the world, it really, for me, wasn't a hard, a very hard sell. As a matter of fact, a lot of them offered, oh, you're going to the world? Is there something I can do? Wow. And immediately I said, oh, you sure can. I mean, what would you like to, would you like to sponsor? Yeah, what can I sponsor? Well... Like I said, I had somebody help sponsor Flash of Stall. My work paid for my plane ticket. Somebody else sponsored my classes. So it really wasn't. I've been in this the trucking industry for almost six years now, and I've made a lot of good friends through the trucking industry. So a lot of my customers were more than happy to help sponsor me. So you're not in the horse uh world per se, the horse industry, as far as what you do for a living. This, you're, this no, is no. outside the industry. My horse is my passion and my hobby. 
work mm-hmm. is totally unrelated to the horse industry. What kind of advice would you give to people who don't, maybe don't have those kind of connections the way you do uh, because the, the kind of work you do, you're, you're talking to a lot of people all day long. Uh, somebody who's doing something where they don't have those kind of connections, how would you recommend they go about trying to get sponsors? Well, you know, if you want a horse, you have to go buy your food somewhere. You have to mm-hmm. go and get shots from him somewhere. You have to have a shoer come out and trim your horse and shoe your horse. Those are really good connections. You know, you can ask your shoer, hey, I'm, you know, qualifying for the worlds. I've made it. Could you help sponsor me? Same mm-hmm. with your veterinarian. Same with the tack store where you buy your tack. There's a lot of other ways that people can maybe get, you know, $100 here, $100 there. And believe it or not, that all adds up. And what do the sponsors get out of it? Well, what I did for my sponsors was I took a world photo and I framed it and I sent a big thank you to them for sponsoring me. (laughs) This was a photo of you and Flash at the show. Correct. It was a photo of Flash and I at the world show. And plus, there is a form that they're able to fill out to use as a tax donation. Oh, okay. So it's yeah. tax deductible. So, uh, so is it? Is there an involvement with the breed club here? Is that where the for the tax deductible uh, aspect comes from? Yes, there okay. is. And and forgive me because I don't know what what the exact term of the letter is. Okay, but the breed clubs provides it to you, breed- and then when you go out and get the sponsors, the sponsors uh, get Correct. this. Okay. Okay. Um, do they get mentioned anywhere in program? Like if you take out, I guess you could take out an ad if you wanted at the World Show program and thank your sponsors if you were so inclined. Well, what I did with um, my uh, photograph that I put in the Appaloosa Journal, I just said thank you to my sponsors and I did not name them personally because at the time I wasn't quite sure who they may or may not be. Mm-hmm. But no, my sponsors really didn't get mentioned other than I work with them on a daily basis, and they know me, and they like me. <laughs> right, right. And how much would you say you you able to raise uh, that in this way? Well, it wasn't a lot of money. I raised about $500. Oh, okay. Which, which may not seem like a whole lot of money, but um, to me it was, and it helped. It helped. Yeah. Did that include your plane fare? That did not include my plane fare. The $500 was the money that I raised, and then I had my plane ticket donated, and I have no idea how much that was because the company did that themselves. They went online, mm-hmm. bought the ticket, gave it to me, so I didn't even see any of that. Wow, that's so great. I, I was, yeah, so I was able to raise 500 in cash from my customers, and then my owner of the company bought my plane ticket to and from. Mm-hmm. So tell me what it was like being there at the show. I mean, this was a big deal for you. It was overwhelming. It was literally overwhelming. And out here in the Southern California area, there's not a lot of spotted Appaloosas like what I own. So whenever I used to ride my horse around in Norco, people would literally stop and stare and point. And, oh, my gosh, look at him. He's so pretty. Well, one of the things to me that was the most overwhelming when I went to Fort Worth, Texas last year was that when I wasn't showing, I rode him around the facility, and the facility was just covered with leopard and colored Appaloosas. And it was I was so proud to be out there amongst all these other colored Appaloosas, as well as, you know, being overwhelmed by the whole experience of it. But to me, seeing all of those colors out there was just so exciting. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's every uh, Appaloosa lover's dream, I think, is to go to the world show and see every pattern imaginable, I guess. It was just, it was, it was overwhelming. overwhelming. How did you was, find the people you were competing with? Was it a, a totally different uh, attitude than what you experience at local shows? Um, no, actually, for the majority of it, they were all just as friendly. They were all just as friendly when I was standing in line waiting waiting to go into my classes in the in the warm-up or warm-up areas. The other people that were in the warm-up areas were just as friendly, just as nervous as I was, but they were all very nice and very friendly. Yeah, that's amazing to hear because you think with everything it takes to get to that level, people it might be just a little bit more uptight. Yeah, you would think they'd be a little better. Exactly. But I was very impressed. And how did Flash was, feel about all this? Well, Flash has told me that he wants to go back this year because now he knows what he's doing. <laughs> he told you that through an animal communicator, I guess? Yes, he, yes, he did. He told me that through an animal communicator. He said, I don't know what we were doing there last year, but I really had fun and I want to go back because now I know what I'm doing. And he was an awesome horse last year. He did not miss a mark. He was such a good boy. I was so proud of him. Mm-hmm. I think what I had most fun with him was after we got finished showing, I just threw a saddle on him and rode him all over the facility. And I think that was almost more fun than showing. Yeah, because it was like you were getting a, a, a tour of the place on horseback. Yes. So was he nervous? No, that's a funny thing. He wasn't nervous at all. And I think part of it was because, you know, he's been showing for six years, so it was no big deal to him. And my horse happens to be one of the very few horses, and I shouldn't say very few because I'm sure there probably is a lot more out there, who loves to travel. He absolutely loves it. He's like a little kid going camping. Hmm. He loves to get out. He loves to be the center of attention. He loves to do, do stuff like that. So he wasn't nervous at all. He went right in the trailer both times, huh? Yeah. He went in the trailer both times, didn't have any problems. Yeah, that's great. So, what's your goal now? What's the you know once you get there the first time, then you have new goals after that that you have to kind of top it. Correct. My goal this year, and I have already qualified for the world show in my non-pro showmanship. My goal this year is to place in the top ten, mm-hmm. and my second my second goal is to qualify in the world in heritage. So I have one goal I have met. The second one is to make top 10 in showmanship. And then my third goal is to qualify for heritage in the world. And for heritage, uh, tell our listeners what that is. Heritage is a class that is indigenous to the Appaloosa breed. And it is a costume class. And they say it can be any era of Appaloosa history. But the majority of the people that you find showing in costume classes at the world show level are Indian costumes. Most of the time, it's the Nez Pierce Indians, but you find all different types. But it is basically Indian costumes that you see at the world level. Okay. And I know it's not the classes aren't huge on a, a local level here in California, but at the world, do you have a lot of competition in that class? Uh, last year, there were 16 in the class. How do the other um, classes compare in terms of numbers of horses? A well, lot more than uh, 16? There, yeah, there was if I remember correctly, there was 39 in my color class. Oh, wow. In my, showman, in my showmanship classes, there was like uh, anywhere between 45 and 50. So mm-hmm. comparatively, it is a very small class. 
Right. But there are probably some pretty amazing costumes, I would think. Absolutely. They're overwhelming. Yes, they are. Well, we're just about out of time. Stephanie, thank you for joining us and telling us about your experience. And I want to wish you lots of luck at the next World Show. Thank you, You're welcome. And uh, listeners, if you have any questions or comments about horsing around, please email me at audrey at petliferadio.com. Until next time, happy trails. Stop what you're doing and start horsing around. Every week on Pet Life Radio, horse expert and award-winning rider Audrey Pavia will be trotting out great tips on feeding, breeding, and more on everything equestrian. So set a spell and say hey to Audrey and get ready for a darn tootin' gallopin' good time. Every week on Horsin' Around, on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. 